jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out of my cupboard a can of pineapple and that is the most exciting thing that has happened to me <laughs> since we last spoke <laughs> true story <laughs> um, I found my thrills <laughs> I have a series of follow-up questions. In a can of pineapple. <laughs> One, was your cupboard a frozen grocery store? Um, <laughs> Shut up. Door slash cabinet freezer. A grocery freezer. Because earlier. <laughs> Go ahead. Earlier listeners, Stacy, we were discussing the act of opening ice cream and, and taking it out of a, a grocery store. Um, freezer, which Stacy referred to as a cupboard. <laughs> Opening a cupboard. You narc. <laughs> hey, it's what I do. That's why I make those podcasts in bucks. <laughs> now, this was a true cupboard. <laughs> so this is actually a cupboard. This is actually a cupboard in my kitchen. So a pantry adjacent. No, to the kitchen cupboard. A wood, a wood door covering a, a, a vessel, a, a wall-mounted vessel. Cupboard. A cupboard. <laughs> we have a word for that now. It's a cupboard. Cupboard. <laughs> cupboard. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Wow. I, uh, I ate that. Ate the fuck out of that pineapple. Let me tell you, it was like little chunks of gold. Mm. Was it like candy? Did you feel like Susan Powder eating candy? I, I did. I was, but it was insanity. I did not want to stop. <laughs> I ate it all, and then I took the pineapple juice and I poured it into a glass, and then I poured some coconut vodka in the glass as well, <gasps> and I had a grand old time. Oh, is that delicious? That sounds it, so delicious. It was delicious. Did you get the heartburns, though? No. That acid, that's a high citric acid that, that, <laughs> that you get from that. You get the acid reflux if you're me. Not I. Well, hot damn, Stacy. That's right. So that's a... Uh... Wow. First today's of all, quarantine update. Today's quarantine update. First of all, worth telling our tens of listeners about. <laughs> For sure. It's an exciting story. Uh, second of all, boy, we are scraping the bottom of the barrel. That's where we're at. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> That's where we're at. And we're going to continue to be at for potentially the next two years. Yeah. Stacy, that's not to say you haven't accomplished a lot. I mean, not to continue down this <laughs> narc path, but I do feel like you have 
uh, finally triumphed and evolved into your ultimate form. I see. Um, or at least your 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 woman manifesting towards that. In that, also earlier today, you said that you might finally splurge on that Columbo box set. <laughs> Which I feel is the most you thing you have ever said. <laughs> love Columbo. Who doesn't love Columbo? Only jerks don't love Columbo. But uh, Columbo is hard to find. It's not available on any streaming services. There are a few episodes up on the YouTube. Um, it's hard to find. And I just have a hankering for that rumple-coated weirdo. For that, that grumbly little detective who could with his glass eye. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, well, maybe I should get some a DVD. And it's like, well, why not get all of them? If you're going to if you're going to do it, then fucking do it, girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, listen, you got to. But in this. Uh, world of ours, <laughs> this quarantine zone, hot zone. Doing something so simple is not so simple. It's not so easy. You say, should I splurge on the Columbo box set? Or should I save that money uh, to trade later for perhaps some manic panic or some leather when it comes time to create my Mad Max look? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you got to buy spikes to put on the car. I'll have to buy studs and spikes. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Manic Panic, some grease paint for the face. You've got mm-hmm. plenty of that, but I, I don't. so much. I don't. Uh, mesh. How much is <laughs> mesh going to be going for in the new world? And it doesn't help that the Rave Emporium is closed. It's exactly. been closed since the Jinko Jeans factory shut down. That's exactly right. So, you see, these are the decisions we have to make. And then it's like, where do I get the box set? Yeah. Is it ethical to ask a... Um, a post office worker in the last week of their career and well-being exactly and potentially life to continue to risk it for the delivery of such item that's right i'm not saying please deliver water to me so i can also survive no it's could you carry these 35 colombo dvds for me? <laughs> please i desperately need them i have no other entertainment in my house mm-hmm. yeah i don't have the entire streaming catalog of of human achievement the entire streaming catalog the internet and i have so many dvds and blu-rays already that i haven't watched and yet i feel like but i want to watch that one <laughs> but there's only a few columbos on youtube <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on murder she wrote that's not anywhere to be found well that's the biggest crime of this pandemic it is a crime that not it's a crime so big that not even Jessica Fletcher could solve it. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I've had a real withdrawal. We've all had withdrawals in this quarantine. Some of us desperately want to get our hair cut. Not me. I say welcome to my world, people, where you cut your own hair and who knows what's going to happen. It's a surprise every time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There are people who want, my mother desperately wants to go get her hair done. There are people who, uh, you know, whatever. We all have those things we miss. I've got a hankering for geriatric detectives, as always. (laughs) There she is. That's the woman I know. 
So, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm not going to tell you any of my secrets any longer. <laughs> you just blurt them out onto the airwaves. <laughs> Your secret. Stacy's list of secrets <laughs> wants to buy Columbo. <laughs> Calls the freezer case at the store a <laughs> cupboard. <laughs> Tell my secrets. Don't nerd. stop. I can't trust you with anything. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. Oh yeah, we are we are we are you know, well over a month in, aren't we? <laughs> I mean it's like two months now. The, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's what happens is inevitably when we post an episode, someone will leave a very nice comment that's like, Thank you guys so much for still continuing on podcasting. And yeah. as you can see, also every week, we're just going to push the limits of that patience and kindness. <laughs> we're trying as hard as we can. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you want to thank us for content, huh? How about if I talk about a can of pineapple and a Columbo DVD? <laughs> and everyone's like, this is very on brand. Um, Stacy, I stand for you getting some Columbo in your life. All right. My question is, is there room for Lady Columbo? Well, that's the thing. The episodes of Lady Columbo are on the DVDs. What? <laughs> yeah, they come. Some of them, or at least the individual seasons do, because then I was like, do I want to buy the whole thing or do I just buy season by season? Some of the seasons have bonus episodes that are Mrs. Columbo. As everyone knows, Mrs. Columbo was played by Kate Mulgrew. A.K.A. Uh, fucking Janeway. A.K.A. Janeway. A.K.A. Uh, what the fuck was her name? Red. Red. Uh, red on Orange is the New Black and whatever. She was also on Dallas for an episode. She was? Yeah, she was. And she sang a country tune. Shut up. Yeah. And she has a glass eye and solves mysteries in her spare time? <laughs> yes, she also has a glass eye. That's how they met Mr. and Mrs. Columbo. <laughs> the... <laughs> it was a meet cute. They both, their <laughs> glass eyes fell out and they both <laughs> bent over to pick them up and they bumped heads. <laughs> Episode one, Mrs. Episode Columbo. Episode one. Yep. Have I, they made? I had no idea Mrs. Columbo was a thing until like literally two months ago, and it has blown my world wide open. Yeah. And now that I know that the Columbo, the great collection, the ultimate Blu-ray collection, has Mrs. Columbo, Stacy, I am. What am I waiting for? Why am I doing this show? I could be online right now. Typing it in and adding it to my cart. Yeah. Get off the phone and go on your dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get online right now. Well, the, this story will reach its thrilling conclusion on the next episode. Where <laughs> listeners will find out whether or not I indulge. I said, did you do it? You go, nah. No, I got <laughs> over it. <laughs> no, this is this is like a herpes. Like, it just, you know... Uh, it comes back sometimes, like my <laughs> wave of geriatric detective love. Do you have a Columbo cream? It's always there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> put it on my eye. Put it, yeah, that's one word for it. <laughs> yeah, this movie. <laughs> we are. We are. We've been through 
going through a lot of uh, beautiful, existential, female-driven um, sort of dread pieces, right? recently questioning the world and life and, you know, with those picnic at hanging rocks and those uh, don't look nows and, and even even for Gaster Piece, our recent little surprise, surprise, um, three women, you know? And so now we're, we're not doing that at all this week. <laughs> no, this week we're uh, keeping it real simple to the point where... I say, what do I have to say about this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's fine, because I guess I thought the same thing about Nailgun Massacre. And I'm sure that episode was completely our... scintillating. We had so much to say. So much to say. <laughs> what can you, how can you stop from saying anything when it comes to Nailgun Massacre? Yeah. But actually, this movie is an argument against me buying the Columbo DVDs. Oh, no. How are they related, you say? Well, I'll tell you. The movie we're talking about, by the way, is V. V. Not to be confused with V. Not to be confused with the letter V, the 80s television miniseries where the aliens come to Earth in the guise of friendship. Mm-hmm. They look just like us, but they've got snazzy jumpsuits and big, like, blue blocker sunglasses on. And we say, oh, they're friendly. Mm-hmm. Turns out they're kind of fascist. And then we find out that underneath they look like lizards. And Robert England's in it. In the, the... Robert England is in it. I believe his character's name was Willie. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Jane Badler as Diana, the leader of the V people, when she ate that uh, guinea pig. Let me tell you, that was a moment. You I just remember. love that this is immediately accessed in your cupboard. Your cupboard of your, your mind cupboard. Well, it's like there's some life events that you remember. Where were you when John F. Kennedy was shot? Yes. Where were you when... Diana, the leader of the V people, ate that guinea pig. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, so we're not talking about that V. We're talking about V, V-I-Y, 1967 v. Soviet film. And the reason why it's tied into not buying Columbo is because years ago, I saw a photograph of an image from this film, and it was... I, it turns out now it was from the second night, you know, when the coffin's flying around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this woman going, like, making hands, like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Yeah, like, that. that's what her hands are like. And she had on a flower crown and blue eye shadow and this nightgown. And I said, what is this film? And the colors are so beautiful. And I read a little bit about it. It's like, oh, it's this 60s Soviet folk horror film. About And maybe she's a witch, maybe she's a ghost. I don't know, but this image stuck in my mind. DVD was impossible to find. I never got it. And then Severin put out a Blu-ray. I don't know when. Last year, maybe? Some Within the last year, they put out a Blu-ray. And I was like, oh my god, it's that movie. I gotta get it. And so I bought the like fancy limited one. And then it arrived, and I put it on my shelf, and I did not watch it until we watched it for this show. <laughs> and so I gotta I get say, it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get this movie. And, and then so you locked it away in a box. <laughs> do I need to splurge right now on the Columbo DVDs? 
Oh, okay. So I finally watched this movie for this show. It's accessible on Shudder. Uh, it's you, on Shudder. If you don't have the fancy Blu-ray that you ordered two years ago and then never watched, <laughs> it is <laughs> it is available on Shudder for free. If well, if you subscribe to Shudder, um, it's a little hidden gem on there. I think V. Three seminary students are on a little vacation. What is a seminary? Like they're monks. Yeah, it's like a priesthood kind of thing. But I mean, they have the mon- they have the friar tuck like monk hair, right? Mm-hmm. They all are called philosophers. Not all of them. Well, they call the main guy brother philosopher, coma, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm like, well, so are you a philosopher? Or are you a monk? Are you a priest? Is this Russian orthodoxy? Well, look at Damien Karras in The Exorcist was big into philosophy and those sorts of things. Oh, you're right. The men are allowed to do other things. The women go to the grocery store, you know, the nuns go to the grocery store and don't have a sense of humor. And get harassed by strangers. (laughs) Get harassed by me. I don't know what episode that was in, but if you go in our backlog, you'll hear the story. And if you find it, please tell me which one it is, because it's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother. So these three seminary students are on a little vacation. They get lost in the night. I don't know where they were going, but well, they get it's, lost. It's like it's like what like monk rum springa or spring break, where they right. just get dismissed and they just destroy a village. Yeah, yeah. Get wasted. So they uh, come across a farmhouse where they're going to spend the night rather than sleep out in the fields. And uh, there's an old crone. Mm. That's kind of what she sounded like. <laughs> and she says, "Sure, you can stay here if you all stay in separate areas." Uh, Coma Brutus, who's our main character, stays in the barn, and the crone attempts to seduce him. Yeah. She's a horny crone. (laughs) And he steadfastly refuses. Uh, And finally, she kind of wrestles him to the ground and climbs on and begins to ride him around, like ride around on his shoulders like a horse. Yes. Uh, And then... His feet lift off the ground and they're flying. And he realizes that she is a witch. <laughs> oh, I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they land, uh, you know, because the witch is satanic, etc., etc. Uh, when they land, he beats her with a stick. Uh, and then she cries out that she's dying. And when he looks, she has transformed into this young hottie. And he's like, oh, no. And he runs away. (laughs) It's a very universal, uh, very relatable experience. Yeah. He runs back to the seminary where he is informed that a rich merchant's daughter is dying and wants prayers as she dies and has specifically requested coma brutus. And he says, no, thank you to this task. He's a fuckboy. He's he uh, the definition of a fuckboy. Definition of a fuckboy. He does snuff. He drinks booze. He sleeps with women. He's lazy about his job. He lies, etc., etc. Uh, so he is finally threatened into doing this job. He gets in a carriage with some other dudes that have big mustaches. This movie, if you are a mustache <laughs> aficionado... 
It is the film for you, for the mustaches on display in this film are resplendent. As a self-identified Cossack queen, um, <laughs> this just lit my fires left and right. Yeah, if you if you are in the mood for a little Cossack stash. <laughs> hey, Jeff, give a girl a Cossack stash. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, I have. <laughs> So the carriage, filled with resplendent <laughs> mustaches, takes uh, Koma, Brutus, to a farm. And he realizes that this is the farm where they met the witch. The girl, the rich merchant's daughter, has died before his arrival. And he sees her and he realizes that she's the haughty witch. And that he has inadvertently caused her death uh, by beating her. Yeah, like yeah, like and that tends to tends to happen. Tends to happen. So he is reluctant, but is offered a sizable reward if he will stay with her body for three nights in the church uh, and pray over the body for the three nights. He doesn't really have a choice. It's sort of implied that he will be punished if he refuses. Yeah, he's vaguely imprisoned. <laughs> he's vaguely imprisoned. It feels, it's got that sort of townsfolk benignly trapping someone in the town, which mm-hmm. is, you know, usually part and parcel with Town with a Secret, which, as we all know, from the Gaylord's bingo card, I am a big fan of A Town with a Secret. Oh, yeah. Right up some of my, my favorite folk horrors, baby. Yeah. So it's got that feeling. He's locked in the church with the body in night one. Um, He thinks, like, no big deal. It's a dead body. I'll get through this. So he decides to do some snuff because why not? (laughs) He does some snuff and it causes him to sneeze and the body awakens. She sits up. She gets out of her coffin and she's looking for him, but she clearly cannot see. So she's kind of reaching through the air trying to find him this way and it's real creepy he draws a sacred chalk circle around himself and his podium with his book while she tries to break in but she can't get past the barrier but it does lead to some masterful mime work it really does she does a good job that that mime in a box action that she did but which which (laughs) outside a circle mime like girl yeah well studied yeah uh, the next thing you know, the old rooster's a crowing. He made it through night one. Uh, you know, he's still not happy with this. Uh, too bad. You gotta stay. Gotta go for another night. So he's locked in the church again. Night two, she awakens again. This time, however, she flies her coffin around the room. Like it's a flying car. Like a, Yeah. Which we should have right now, but instead we we just have have (laughs) plague. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded me of that 30 Rock with Jack's mother, where she's like, I'll be circling the globe in my coffin rocket. Oh, yeah. Wait, was that Catherine (laughs) O'Hara? Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch. Oh, Jack's mom. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara was uh, Kenneth's mom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, her coffin rocket is zooming around the room. Uh, (laughs) This time. Right? like, the, And I realized that this is where the image of her that I saw years ago came yeah, from. Yeah, it's like was the when, famous gif and all that, too. The, yeah, yeah. She's like surfing that coffin rocket. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, morning comes, but she curses him this time. Uh, may his hair go white and may he be struck blind. 
His hair goes kind of gray and he can still see. But, you know, she gave it her best curse effort, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, after night two, he's had it. He's really done with this and he tries to escape, but he's caught very quickly. After doing and... an incredible folk dance with no interest on his part <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's told if he doesn't do the third night or if he tries to escape again, he will receive a thousand lashes. And if he completes the third night, he will receive a thousand gold, which is a pretty good reward. Mm -hmm. One more night. So fine. He gets drunk. Everybody's like, oh, my God, did you see his hair? Because, you know, his hair was all light. Yeah. (laughs) So he gets drunk. (laughs) And he goes back in. to talk about in the village. Yeah. So uh, he goes back in for the third night. Same thing. He draws another circle. He's just got to make it through one more night. Uh, She awakens again. And this time she calls upon all of the demons to come. And it's really cool. It's really uh, similar to the end of the Sentinel. I was going to say, yeah. Except where like, all the less demons come problematic out. somehow. <laughs> Way less problematic. Uh, demons are coming in through the windows. Some of them have wings. They're, some of them are skeletal. All this. There's that um, uh, uh, the, 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 the demonic teddy bear that's been crossed with a puffer fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's all these kind of cool creatures and everything. Um, and then finally, like, they can't get in the chalk circle. And so she summons V. The great god V. The great god V, who shows up and, you know, is pretty corny. <laughs> that's that's where their budget ran out. <laughs> that's where the budget ran That's where the imagination and the budget ran out. <laughs> um, it's a little character. A little adjacent to the baked potato Satan from Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem, <laughs> where you say, this is... This is the father of hell. It's right, a, a walking <laughs> job of the hut with little T-Rex hands. <laughs> T-Rex arms. Yeah. Big hands, looked... but T-Rex arms. Yeah, it's like a big pile of mush. A little golem adjacent, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got these very heavy eyelids that are made of iron. And he can't see Korma. And so he commands his minions to lift his eyelids. And when he does, he's got these big sparkling eyes. And Koma knows if he looks in the eyes of V, he will be finished. He can't look in the eyes. And he resists for about five seconds. Uh, And then he looks in V's eyes. V says, I see him. And then all the demons are able to cross through the circle. They pounce on Koma. Uh, But then morning comes and they all disperse. The hot witch is once again the old crone. Her coffin falls apart. And Koma is dead. Back at the seminary, two fuckboy students <laughs> debate whether or not Coma is actually dead. That's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's V. That's V for you. You're welcome. <laughs> Great episode. Good job, Stacey. We did Good it. Good job. Anyway, <laughs> about Columbo. No. <laughs> It's, it's it's interesting because this movie is based on uh, a story by Nikolai Gogol, a short story that came out in 1835. Um, and V is actually, first of all, V is like a formal sort of name for someone. It's like the French Vu, right? Hmm. So it's kind of, he, this. so this demon entity whatever is really like the lord of the undead, the underworld. He's like the superior 
head honcho. Mm. Yeah, because the story, the Gogol story, is called the V, I think. Yeah. In the translation, at least. Yeah, and it's really a vampire story. Yes. It's it predates. I mean, it predates all of the popular vampires. It predates Varney. It predates Carmilla. It predates Dracula. All this. It's V is re- It's like the Eastern folklore has a very kind of different interpretation of vampires than what we like, you know, Bram Stoker, especially it's like, Oh, they're the hot nobility, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We fuck our vampires and they sparkle. We fuck our vampires. (laughs) (laughs) There. It's like, they were really more hideous looking. They're not like even Nosferatu is like more appealing. Yeah. Nosferatu is a model. (laughs) Yeah. Compared to these versions of vampires, it's like it took this creature three nights to crawl up from the underworld. You know what I mean? Like they just are kind of a part of the earth and look like it. It's a the depiction of them in the film is a little disappointing. Yeah. But I did look it up and um, I guess they did base it pretty, pretty uh, accurately off old, old, old illustrations that came out in really early editions of the book. Yeah, his um, eyelids and the old illustrations go like all the way down. Yeah, they hang back. all the way down. So they didn't have that fact, fact aesthetic, but otherwise the overall look was pretty accurate to the illustrations. Even though yeah. on film it just does it looks like a lazier Power Rangers villain that like yeah. made out of the clay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a, it's a kind of a bummer, especially because the demons look pretty cool. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think design-wise, I think that's the only, like, step back for me. Uh, yeah. The, the the rest of the thing is just so creatively designed. Oh, yeah. It's such a, it's like, it's got that real fairy tale feel. It feels very adjacent to Mario Bava's Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. If you like, especially the Verdelac story, mm-hmm. which is another kind of oh, Eastern love... European vampire. I love that one. Yeah. Um, and I guess Black Sunday... I've never actually seen Baba's Black Sunday. Oh, but really? That, that was also loosely based on this story. We should do a Black Sunday. We should. Yeah, I was just going to bring up Black Sunday because I was like, oh, it's funny you say Baba, and it's also funny you say this was originally a vampire story, because then Black Sunday is a is a it's a much this from what I've read of the V V the movie is much closer to that story, mm-hmm. um, and pretty accurately tells retells it, whereas. Black Sunday, um, I mean, obviously, is a, it's an excuse to just revel in gorgeous black and white cin- cinematography and 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 Barbara motherfucking Steele, mm-hmm. who is terrifying in both real life and on film. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, I have never been more afraid to walk past someone at a convention. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just because she's such a fucking icon, um, and she is literally terrifying. But... Uh, yeah, that one, it's, it's a similar story, but in that she's more expressly a vampire. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a witch that's burnt or almost burnt, but then they just, they don't get all the way down to fully killing her or something. They put a mask on her and stab her eyes out with horrible needles and then, or nails, and then, and then because of that, she comes, the witch comes back as a vampire. Mm. Um, which we know is basic science. Like, if you, Prometheus, if you have the black goo... While you have sex, then you just give birth to a squid baby versus if you eat it, then you just explode versus if the xenomorph has it too, then you give birth to a new species. It's like that. So 
which dies becomes vampire. That's just standard sort of tale as old as time. You kill a witch, she comes back as a vampire. You kill a vampire, it comes back as a werewolf. You kill the werewolf, <laughs> it comes back as a chupacabra. <laughs> Everybody knows this. And nobody knows exactly the difference between a wraith and a ghoul, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've got to say, yeah, this film is like, it's got that 60s folk theatricality that i love like it's so imaginative and beautiful and fun isn't there i mean okay this is why i was screaming when i first saw this one is i there is such a a magical charm to it yes that you other i just movies don't have this (laughs) a a lot of movies when i and then and when i think on older films like the classic horror films this kind of vibe is actually what i want most of them to be Yes. Like, uh, you know, the Universal Monsters films, like the old, you know, Bride of Frankenstein of Frankenstein, the more, like, pageanty, the more gay ones are are lush and lavish. But there's still issues with, like, pacing or, uh, or like, the, you know, the Browning Dracula, which is just boring as hell. And it's so horribly, like, staged. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this like, this is what I want an older horror film to be, where it's just, like, super imaginative... Uh, creates a really wonderful, like, funhouse horror aesthetic and is just, like, a joy to to watch. Yes. While being simple. It's, it's creative, yeah. you know? Doing things with, like, there's the one part where they're flying, or maybe it's when they're just galloping, but it's clear that the background is, like, on a giant Lazy Susan. Yeah, yeah, they're just, like, in a snow globe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's like you see through it. It's not like you're convinced that it's real necessarily, but it's so wonderful mm-hmm. and whimsical. Whimsical. <laughs> yeah, that you can't help but uh, smile and be into it. Yeah, yeah. So much of the, so much of this movie, um, the effects work is really what. I mean, there's a lot of levity to the film. Like it's really funny, um, mm-hmm. and it is it is really quickly paced. Um, yeah, which is, I think, very helpful for any older film. I mean, any film in general. Um, but for me, with older films, it can be the pacing is, is usually what what kills me. But um, uh, it, this beyond that, this movie is really a testament to like just the sheer creativity of the effects. And so many of that, so much of that is like, I don't know if green screen is the correct term. For this it's era. like rear projection. Yeah, rear projection and like and superimposing people over projection. So yeah, that scene of her. I just I love this crone. Yeah. <laughs> this um and I don't know if that was a male actor. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um I love I it's so funny when I have issues with that, like in James Wan films. That the right. the trope of like a, a a terrifying old woman being played by a man. But then when it comes to, like, Old Dark House or, like, this, I love that gender bending. Yeah. And it somehow infuses what feels like a real queerness into the work versus, like, today where it just feels like it's more, like, homo or transphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, that that crone just coming after him and be like, <laughs> And then <laughs> yeah. knocking, like, flipping him over standing on him making him stand up riding him like like a horse or like he's her fucking broom 
Mm-hmm. And then they just start flying. And the music, they're like, ah. <laughs> and it's all yeah. magic as they're cascading. And it is like, it's such a simple effect. Because like you're saying, it is just a lazy Susan. They're just spinning a backdrop of yeah. like foresty earth or something. And it, it you can tell that it's just a spinning thing. But with the ma- the music and 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 just the simple effect like the charmingly simple effect it, it becomes so um theatrical and also cinematic and and just creative mm-hmm. yeah good old timey you know it is good old timey i love it <laughs> I love, it's fun I like i don't her. know i don't know like what the american equivalents of this kind of thing are but it's like you have this you have black sabbath even godzilla which we talked about last week but got cut out because we had technical difficulties but like the original godzilla with the effects and you know the rear projection and miniatures and all of this kind of thing and it's like i guess we had ray harryhausen and those sorts of things yeah and well and to a degree star wars um star wars yeah that stuff came so much later like the russians were doing this kind of shit in the 20s well and that's the thing is that this was (laughs) this is uh 1967 this was the first horror film to come out of the soviet union yeah um and it it was up against a lot of um restrictions they i guess they were argue they were able to argue through their way through them by saying well it's based on a famous old folktale Right. Um, and then, and then, I guess they did have to tone down a lot of the chaos and the the sort of um, curses of the witch, and they had to tone down some of the witch sequences because they thought they were too upsetting. Which, like, I would <laughs> love to see those original sequences because I'm still f- surprised they went as far as they went. Yeah, especially for that time, I can't believe she killed him. I know because you just know when you watch a film from 1967. They're going to kill the witch. They're going to kill the witch. And then the guy's going to be like, well, I did it. I killed her. I am now going to have sex with this woman and now murder her next. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. But no. So, uh, yeah, that it came out, came out in 1967 and that it is this creative. Mm-hmm. And just, God, those, those effects where they actually had to try. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had to figure out how to do things and achieve the look they wanted to achieve, like achieve this fantasy look mm-hmm. in really creative fashions. Like, not to say that computer artists aren't creative, but it's like, I don't know. This is always going to appeal to me so much more. But it, it's just, it's that thing of when they try, like with, with com- it's where they look at, oh, well, we'll just computer it, <laughs> which right. is the industry term. But, like, we'll just computer it. Um, versus, I mean, but if you look at, I mean, Terminator 2 or Jurassic Park, yeah. I think two are still the best examples of CGI for me personally, especially mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. But it's like, well, they were combining makeup. They were combining animatronics. They were combining puppets and CGI. Yeah. And it's like... All those, st- I mean, it costs a lot more, and that's why they don't do it today. It's just like how in horror movies, like the the lower budget horror movies today, and even some of the big budget ones, they use CGI blood because to mm-hmm. reset the shot and to clean it all up and to film it again it just takes so much work. But it's like, but that effort translates into a better ex- a better picture and a better experience for the viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, cause... there's a shot in Terminator speaking of Terminator 2 I remember because I had when I got it on VHS and it had like the special edition that had the bonus oh making of and all that cool. there's a deleted scene 
there's a deleted scene where we see her like repairing something in his head and oh yeah, yeah the way yeah. it's shot like from behind sarah connor is like operating on his head we see behind them and then we see what she's doing also in a mirror in front and to get this also it could be practically done on the set rather than just like make it a super effect or whatever it's actually linda hamilton's twin wait she has a twin sister what and they cast her and it's not a mirror it's like a hole and so there's like an arnold double on the one side and then linda hamilton and then linda hamilton's sister was yeah so they they created like a real life mirror yes like they made it literal yeah. And then because we believe that that is actually her and not her twin, it tricks us into believing that we're seeing a mirror. Right. That's amazing. Also, yeah. I am freaking the fuck out right now because I had no idea there were two Linda Hamiltons on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild, right? Wow. Now it would just be Linda Hamilton and her hologram. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's how Maybe. Terminator's Dark Fate opens, is with her hologram. <laughs> yeah. I love I love that movie, but, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. some, it's some wonky. But it's like a creative, CGI. it's a creative way to solve the problem without just being like, I, I mean, everything's a video game now, you know? But it's like, but, I mean, but it's so much easier to just do the thing, because now it's like, what's, what's economic and what's easy versus, like, what will actually tantalize our minds and trick our brains, even though we see the illusion right there, or we should be able to see mm-hmm. the illusion. Yeah. But it's like when you try to make something that isn't an illusion, it always points to the fact that it's fake. Versus yeah, like something can... that is more obviously fake, I think becomes more magical and then I have to work harder to believe it. I don't Yes. Well, especially when it's an actor interacting with something. It's no matter how good the actor is, like it's there's always something to be said for them interacting with a tangible item. It feels, it, it just feels cheap and it just feels cheaper to versus, I don't know. I think there is something about that tangible, it, seeing something tangible. Yeah. Um, Even if it's cheesy, even if it's claymation. I rewatched Clash of the Titans the other night and like, um, because I, you know, 75 hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So everything in my house is Greek mythology right now. So I watched Clash of the Titans <laughs> and those the the it's so funny how that movie was contemporary to like empire strikes back at that time yeah uh and it still has just like the silliest harryhausen clay effects and projection um but it just works so well because it's mm-hmm. so realized within its own world and yeah. it is tactile and tangible that it, it yeah it just it just works versus i i those effects for me work so much better than any computer anything mm-hmm. with the exception of jurassic park the original or terminator 2 yeah i agree so i mean props to these filmmakers whose names i don't know how to say that created me because <laughs> yeah. I, I mean honestly like i'm genuinely shocked that that not just that the film is kind of transgressive in the fact that it actually does kill the male lead um, and sort of judges him. Um, but that that a, that the, a film this like experimental and creative and gorgeous was able to come out of the Soviet Union in the yeah. 60s is really surprising to me. Well, they were, I mean, they were doing sci-fi shit. 
you know, as long as they could. That's the thing is like Soviet film kind of developed a parallel to American film and they were doing stuff that was just as amazing as anything that came out over here. Mm-hmm. What are some good ones that like, cause I've, I feel so clueless about the genre, I guess. Or There's one that I really want to see that I've never seen. And I don't even know if it's available or not, but the images it's like it's very you know when you get struck by an image from like metropolis or something like that or v there's one call or v or v yeah uh but there's one called alita queen of mars oh that came out in the 1920s um and the image of the queen of mars is incredible and the sets were all done by um a constructivist artist a female constructivist artist of the time and so it's very it's got that sci-fi art deco kind of look to it and i've never seen that that's a big one i really want to see oh i don't know if it's available anywhere but this looks amazing (laughs) yeah i had to scry into the crystal ball that is tuned into wikipedia (laughs) in our manner and my god right yeah why have i like not heard of this right alongside metropolis exactly like it's that it's the same expressionist um mm-hmm. almost bordering on new objectivity what is this this is so cool see i just love when people had to try <laughs> right yeah exactly well it's i mean when it's soviet it's weird because they were like really advanced but we just didn't know about it because they were so you know they didn't want their secrets getting out yeah well that, which so. brings me to something else about this film is um th- Okay, the the on the Blu-ray, the version that you watched is an English dub, and there isn't yes. an option to just watch the original audio. Right. Okay, and that's the same case on Shutter. Um, at least in the version that I watched, which I'm assuming is the same one that you were watching, is uh, the the audio cuts back to the original Russian track just like in two or three moments. Yeah. When he's singing, there's like they're all like the villagers and him are singing a Russian folk song. And then there's another, the this I think on the third night or the second night he sings. It might be the third night he sings um, a prayer in Russian, and he actually has a really pretty voice, um, and it's really nice to hear that original audio. But the rest of the movie, it must be said for those of the purists out there, that this is a dub, and and I'm I'm guessing that that's just because that's the only version that exists or survives or that we have access to because i i feel like there must be an issue trying to get the original film materials from what was one what was the soviet union i think the dub um i think it works for this for me it's the same it's the same as the charm of the of just the old effects yeah it's like there is a charm to the dub and it it, like i really um so brother philosopher coma (laughs) the fuck boy (laughs) He is so useless. Yeah. Such a pud. So, like, literally drunk all the time. The sequence where he goes and he gets... Like, it, I think him and the Cossack dudes, when they're, like, heading in the wagon, and he's, like, talking forever, like, what a nice wagon! And they're like, shut up. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> they, they stop at, like, a bar before they get into the, the, the landowner, merchant, rich guy with the de- dying witch daughter. They stop at this bar and they have like, they have another, like so many drinks. And then they, it's even funny that even that becomes territory for them to make effects. 
Mm-hmm. Like the filmmakers are like, oh no, it's not enough for them to just act drunk. We need, we need projection and superimposing and all this in 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 this scene too. <laughs> yeah. So you see, like he sees three of the same guy. It's like it's like you know the drunk double vision effect, but they, he's seeing a triple triplicate of this guy coming out of doors, and you see him against this backdrop, and it's all superimposed, and it's super great. Um, but like the with the dubbing with him too, it really it almost just pushes the drunkenness because his voice actor is kind of terrible. Yeah. But it just, it complements the performance in a way. I would love to see the original dub, because like I said, when he sings, he has a really beautiful voice, and it'd be nice to hear just that track. But um, but there is still a, a weird air of charm around that. Yes. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say about Brother Philosopher is he's drunk, he is useless, he is sad. It's so funny. It's so funny how, like, kind of mean the movie is, or unflinching in his depiction of just his useless drunkenness. And I think he is so hot, and I hate that about myself. He's cute. He's real cute. He's really cute. Both him and the witch are very stunning creatures. Yeah. I, she's um, very... She's a hot witch. She's a hot witch. She's, I'd say she's a very proto-love witch. Yes. Oh, yeah. If Anna Biller hasn't seen this, and or at least seen that image, I'd say, hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's got. She's doing. She is serving some love witch, some Lana Del Rey. She's got. (laughs) She's got the daisy flowers in her hair crown. Yep. She's got the blue eyeshadow. She 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 cries a single pink tear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When she's like, when he like, you know, which is what we all do when we get out of a Uber or a Lyft, you know, is you beat them to death and then they go, oh, oh, I'm dying (laughs) and turn into a beautiful woman yeah um her just like lana'd out on the ground being like i'm dying (laughs) i love her yeah she's striking it's striking i mean it that image stuck with me was she was she (laughs) did the landowner the her father who's like the rich zaddy that's like gonna either give fuckboy brother philosopher a thousand lashes or a thousand gold depending on how good he achieves his task was he aware that his daughter is actually like a crone <laughs> or does she right. just have fun? does she just enjoy turning into a crone who knows who knows how much they knew yeah there was one point when she said that she was gonna it was actually before she cursed him for his hair to turn gray. I had a feeling that all the men in the village had fallen under her spell before. Because they all kind of looked alike, and they told the story about the hunter who fell in love with her, and then she rode him around like a horse. Yeah, she rode him around the yard. Yep. So it's like she has a history of witchcraft. Yeah. And he talks to himself, like, the brother philosopher tries to reason it as like, oh, she, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to imagine what she did to be cursed by the devil like this yeah or like like there's an implication like oh she's just like a bad woman and like she's sinned and there that's why she's coming back as this witch like he's kind of afraid to confront the fact that she was the crone witch from the beginning mm-hmm. but it's like she definitely has a history of witchcraft and yeah. maybe maybe she's just this super hot young rich woman <laughs> who lives <laughs> on a farm and who's like you know what i would feel better as a crone right <laughs> maybe that's my <laughs> ultimate form so, like, when she dies, it's funny, that's the first, we first see her as the crone, and then that's the last image we see when she turns back into the crone at the end in the coffin. Yeah. Um, it feels so weirdly, um, and that's what I wonder, like, is this, 
was this made as like a, a Soviet like? Because at the end that we get the friends, the the other two fuck boys that he's drunk with in the beginning and stumbles onto her land, um, we get them like they're supposed to be working, but they're like instead they just end up drinking. Mm-hmm. and they're debating you know oh well what, is he alive or you know and that's in that moment i was so nervous and i was like oh god and they're like like say this gentleman walking up right now is him and you think it's gonna be him and he's gonna show up and be like i survived i the witch was wrong you know yeah um but it's just some guys that are like telling them get back to work you're working right and i wonder if if this was like supposed to be some like don't be lazy don't be drunk work Right, a morality tale, like a Soviet moral, a Soviet communist morality tale, and then and the, the seminarians, the two drunk fuckboy seminarians that are d- talking about it after the fact at the, in this epilogue, um, which is the only really tacked on part of the movie, um, but when they're talking about this, they're like, oh well, the problem was he was afraid of her, right, and if you if you if he was strong and if he did, wasn't afraid of her, she wouldn't have been able to get to him. So is it like don't don't be afraid of women and work hard and you'll be <laughs> a good <laughs> citizen. Like, is that what they're trying? Is that what the intention was with the story? Right. Or is I that think... just how the characters are trying to sell it? Because what I get out of this is um, just a great, like vaguely feminist anti fuckboy tale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe she killed him. Yeah. It's shocking. And, and her curses just like, the terror she inflicts on him while being gorgeous and crying pink tears, her her surfboard action, uh, <laughs> and then that curse at the end when she's like, "A curse upon you, I I curse you with the wings of a bat, the blood of a serpent, the heart of a woman." <laughs> like, she's so cool. <laughs> I just can't get over how much I love those those three night sequences. Yeah, the three night sequences are the big. It's just oh, yeah. And they're short, they're quick, uh, mm-hmm. they start halfway into the movie. Yeah. Um, and the rest is just, like, this fuckboy marionette being drunk. <laughs> but, right. But sh- those three sequences are just so goddamn good, and that all that green and purple and blue lighting they bring in, and... Mm. Yeah. It's a fan. Well, good. Quite a fan. That was a soliloquy by Anthony Hudson. That was my soliloquy on uh, <laughs> what I learned about V and why I love it by Anthony Hudson. Thank did you, you like it? Coming. Yeah, I did like it. Yeah, I wanted more of the witch stuff. The like the first night, especially, was over before it began. Practically, it was over so fast. But uh, you know that kind of stuff was really fun. I thought it, uh, it took a while to get there. Yeah, after the flying sequence. It took a while to get to the nights, and then I thought the nights were short, just because I wanted more hot witch action. Mm-hmm. But that's the story of my life, so. Yeah, it just really makes me want to go back and watch, um, particularly, I am thinking a lot about Bob. I really do want to rewatch Black Sabbath and Black Sunday now. Yeah. I love Black Sabbath, man. Oh, Black Sabbath rules. Early, early uh, lesbian representation, too. Yeah. Great Virkalak representation. That's, which you know. <laughs> that is i would say next to creep show and I, when i say next to i mean alongside like the greatest anthology horror films because it's oh, like there's yes. just there's no bad story in it yes 
Yeah, um, Black Sabbath is a perfect anthology. Yeah. Everybody knows a drop of water. That last one. Mm-hmm. With that woman's face. Mm-hmm. I do love it. It's good shit, man. Oh, I just love when people had to try. <laughs> yeah, they had to try. They had to be creative, you know? It wasn't a digital camera and some CGI blood. That's right. Wow. Well, V. V, there you go. Check it out, people. You can see it on Shudder, uh, 1967. If, you, if you're if you in the in a hankering for a good old-timey good time, they'll make you forget about the creeping death. Enjoy some V. Wow. Or Columbo. Or Columbo. Or Mrs. Columbo. <laughs> yeah. She can do anything. Get yourself some pineapple. <laughs> yeah, reach into that cupboard and either pull out some grocery store ice cream or some pineapple. Go to town, my friend. Go to town. Stacy? Huh? Do we got a listener question today? Yeah, we've got two, which, uh... <laughs> I said, do we have A, which implies singular. Well, then I guess the answer is no. Okay, then. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we have two questions that are sort of similar, and I realize now that I, uh, misinterpreted. That's fine. <laughs> Hey, how many times have I not known what the question even was? <laughs> I was too busy thinking about that pineapple. <laughs> anyway, uh, question one comes from Adam. Ah, oh, my good cyber pal, Adam, uh, who says, Universal Florida is supposedly building a universal classic monsters land in their new park. Oh, well, goodbye This question that. was, uh, yeah, this was submitted... <laughs> In the before times. <laughs> when we still had it outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what ride would you put in this land? Or what horror movie ride would be in the Gaylords theme park? <laughs> in oh, which <dear>. world? <laughs> in which world? And Stephen asks, if you could have any horror movie made into a theme park style dark ride, which would it be? And what would it feature? And if I didn't know any better, I would say these two people are theme park magnates who are just looking for ideas. <laughs> They're trying to cash it. They could both. These are these are screen names. This is Jason Blum catfishing us. That's right. That's right. And they're going to open up some new dolly. They're going to open up Schmolly World. <laughs> Schmolly World. Schmolly should. Schmolly should. And... <laughs> They want ideas for horror rides, and they're coming to us. Everyone knows Dollywood is the pinnacle of the, <laughs> it is the for theme me. park ride experience. Truly, it, it's got to be, because any theme park, I don't care about your log ride. I mean, the log ride would be nice. I'm sure Dolly has a great one. But, like, if it does not come with a museum of your clothing. Exactly. I'm not in. You know. <laughs> When I went on a road trip, where's the Loretta Lynn town? Oh, did you go to her haunted plantation? Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. I went there, like, just, I don't know. What the fuck was I doing in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee? I don't know. I was on some... <laughs> ri- <laughs> I, have a coffee- a I have a coffee mug from uh, Loretta Lynn's kitchen. <gasps> Let me tell you, Hurricane Mills... Uh, Loretta Lynn has a real stranglehold on that town. Everything was like Loretta Lynn's gas station, Loretta Lynn's <laughs> kitchen. Like North Korea. 
It was pretty much a little banner Loretta Lynn. Yeah, everywhere. dear leader Loretta Lynn. <laughs> that's that's a better world, honestly. It, you know, I bought that mug very proudly. What the <laughs> fuck was I doing there? Oh well. <laughs> you were on a road trip to see a ball of twine or something. Probably, I do love a road trip to anywhere. Yeah. So I got that mug. Anyway, what? Uh, so what would my theme park ride be? I don't know. Loretta Lynn Coaster. <laughs> okay, but horror movie rides. Oh, uh... horror movie ride. Either for Universal World and or for Gaylord's Witch World slash also, which is a dark ride of any horror movie we want. You know, I had a hard time with this one because I was thinking of the wrong one. <laughs> you were thinking about Loretta Lynn in that mug? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll just tell the story of my mug. That'll be good enough. <laughs> Look over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm telling you, my stories are so scintillating. I can't believe we don't charge listeners for this. Oh, did you hear this week? She talked about finding a can of pineapple in her cupboard. <laughs> well, that's not as good as my favorite, where she talked about a mug she bought one time. Joan fucking Didion over here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh. Universal Classic Monsters. I don't know. It's The Bride of Frankenstein. And, uh... <laughs> it screams at straight people. <laughs> so it's not even a ride. It's just a room. You just walk in a room and Elsa Lancaster screams at you. If you're straight. Yep. <laughs> so a lobby. You created a lobby with a cosplayer. Listen! <laughs> My name is not Six Flags. My name is Stacy Pond. <laughs> birth certificate is Six Flags. <laughs> It was a promotion to get a free roller coaster ride for life. You named your kid Six Flags. Worth it. That's. I think that ride sounds really cool. I do. I honestly do. I'm not making fun of you. I really think it'd be cool. When will this quarantine end? I'm crying. Uh. What's your answer, big shot? (laughs) Roller coaster tycoon. What's your answer? (laughs) Well, I I fired up my, yeah, my park simulator. (laughs) Um, I thought you could go two ways with this. I thought you could either do a Dracula ride that is just as slow and boring as the actual movie. (laughs) <laughs> um, with but with like added bits like the Rinfield Tunnel of Love and it would just play the Philip Glass soundtrack as you just watch Rinfield fall downstairs to break his neck um, or I think a creature from the Black Lagoon ride that's like a water feature ride oh like a flume yeah. what did you call me <laughs> a flume a flume <laughs> I think would be super fucking cool because there could be the bits where like maybe I don't know if you're in like a a, a roller coastery 
car that becomes like a submarine for a second and then you're underwater and you could see him like swimming around you sort of like the mermaids in the submarine that they got rid of at disneyland you remember those old mermaids sure that now it's like the the finding nemo kelp experience or something (laughs) that's so oh good so I think that could be a fun one. <laughs> Not as creative as my answer, but okay. Did you come up with a, a other horror ride for your... No, I messed up that one too. Um, I don't know where... I, that pineapple really got to me. Um, <laughs> Was it a pineapple and not drugs? Like, <laughs> Do quote we know? pineapple. <laughs> Do um, we know you didn't take mushrooms? If you can have any horror movie made into a theme park style dark ride, how about <laughs> the fun house and then it's a fun house? God damn it! <laughs> so, for your innovative ride, <laughs> you've created two. You've created a room. <laughs> and you've created a fun house, which already exists. Yeah, well, it's called saving time, my friend. <laughs> But I do love the old funhouse, like that style of ride where you get in the car and it's like, you're, it's not scary, but you're also scared despite yeah, yourself. It's old timey, good time. That's why I thought, you know, this question pairs in kind of in a way with V is because that V is like a funhouse. Right. It's not scary, but it's carnivalesque and it's fun and it's good old timey. Yeah. And those old funhouses, you know, they've got the rope hanging from the ceiling and it flaps over your face they spray the mister at you they spray the they spritz you like you're helena marcos yeah you can't spritz anyone in this world after this no spritzing that's a thing of the past no more fun houses with spritzing lawn jarts and spritzing (laughs) we didn't know any better we didn't know uh yeah but i love the fun house the animatronic things that pop out and go (laughs) they could have a yeah so I don't know. That's Sometimes, not an answer. I'm just saying I love fun houses. They're great. What? Th- this is the thing. I hope millennials don't kill the fun house because I love a fun house. Um, I feel like they've already died. Yeah, they're uh, already dead. But that's good. That's good too because then that means we can live in one in our new post-apocalyptic environment. Ooh. You and I can take it one over, and then we can be Faye Dunaway and Time Daily finally, which really like is it. a very natural fitting end. Yeah. And here's the thing to remember, though. When you're living in the funhouse, if Sylvia Miles gives you a hand job, even if it only lasts 10 seconds, you pay her, okay? <laughs> Rule number one. Stacy's words of advice to young generations. That's my embroidered, uh, what do they call those things? Sampler on the wall. A bless this mess, if you will. I'm so tired. Can we stop? <laughs> I have three. I have three shortlist rides. Yeah, please do. You, you actually did the work. Congratulations. Well, to what end? Um, so, <laughs> so I was thinking. I think um, a descent cave ride. Mm. where you're like in the cave and you go through like little creepy 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 spot one time i was in this like roller coastery thing but it was like a shit it was at enchanted forest which i brought up on the last episode but it was like a little crappy roller coaster that hasn't been touched since the 70s so i could go on it because it's like made for a six-year-old 
and because I'm afraid of, I'm too afraid of rides otherwise. And I we, we went in this really tight like cave part, like it was really tight. And then um, I watched the car in front of us, like one of the sides bashed against the wall of the cave. And I was like, that probably shouldn't happen. I probably shouldn't be on this ride. But, like, what if it was like that? Like, the Descent Cave ride, and you get in these really tight little creepy spaces, and it's really suffocating. And then you get in bigger places, but they're all dark, and you just hear things. And then you see, like, the ladies fighting them or something. It'd be cool. Mm. Um, I also thought of My Bloody Valentine, um, like, Indiana Jones slash Donkey Kong style, like, minecart ride. Ooh. Could be real cool. And it's like you're trying to outrace or outrun Harry Warden as he's coming after you. Hmm. And then, like, maybe there's a cool part of the ride where it's just like, oh, look, there's all the friends and they're hanging out in the mine. Now they're dead. Maybe there's a giant vat of hot dogs that you Maybe can there's ride. a giant vat of hot dogs. And and they and then as you pass under, it turns on you and you feel you you're like, oh no, I'm gonna get like it's like the hot boiling oil or tar in the castle, you mm. know, pouring down, but in it's just hot dog water and then they, they just slap your face and it's just hot dogs rolling everywhere in the cart. Now it's turning into a fantasy. Stacy, don't yuck my yum. <laughs> Yuck in your yuck. I'm that gif of the woman with the hot dogs yeah. hitting her face. <laughs> it's been a thirsty quarantine, okay? Uh, other <laughs> other ride. I would love a Blair Witch Forest Jeep ride. <laughs> where you're in. Because I was like, well, you can't. How do you do Blair Witch as a ride? And I'm like, okay. Like a safari. Like a safari. The the the, the Burkittsville safari. Where <laughs> you're in a like a little jeepy jeep or something. And maybe it's like the story is like you're part of the search team looking for them. But then okay. like the jeeps get lost or something. And then there's like. But imagine if they like actually did it like how they do the giant like King Kong thing at Universal or something. But like there's like that you would see the giant trees like getting knocked over behind you. And, like, hmm. you just hear the street. And then at the end, like, you go through the house. It gets on, like, it, there's, you know. Anyway. I was wow. excited. Or, I mean, there could be a room that you go in. <laughs> and the Blair Witch yells at you. <laughs> and then you leave. And you go, oh, that's what she looks like. Oh, that's what she looks like. <laughs> anything wins today stacy it's the can of pineapple yeah <laughs> it beat us it definitely beat me <laughs> well i guess we'll be back next week if you have not had your fill yet have you had your f- i i apologize that's it i apologize uh but we'll be back cuz you know the end of the world so turn it off okay oh well all right wow for a haunted tome made out of skin it's so loosely structured yet informative i know right is it over it's glowing and spinning on its own so i'm gonna guess yes ah, oh, oh my god, god. Oh, oh my god, god. Oh. tune in next time for more gay 